A warning to our listeners, this episode contains references to offensive acts, explicit and sexual in nature and otherwise deemed to be offensive. Hello and welcome to the Why Work podcast series. You are listening to Trace Fetkovsky, Sarah Pazell and Alan Girl. Last season, we spent a lot of time talking about. <laughs> oh no, not it all over the floor! <laughs> Alan, <laughs> you're a shocker. <laughs> Editing job. Go for Maybe. it. <laughs> I know in last season, we spent a lot of time talking about working from anywhere, any place, anytime, and that whole notion of distributed work. Hybrid work, call it what you will. This episode, and certainly maybe throughout this season, I want to explore the idea of work definitionally from a broader, a broader, almost existential context, and that is... That's so you, Trej. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is so and you. the boundaries are getting bigger and bigger all the time. You mean blurring and, and, and dissolving? This is, the blur, yeah. yeah well, this is just, I mean, you know. Blurred lines again. Here we are. I read too much. Here we are. <laughs> but no, the point is this. So um, the idea of bringing in something like a concept, like a reality TV, like what? No, come on. You go on the show. You win the money. Now get off. Yeah. But actually now being a worker is really what I'm interested in um, that we're transcending these boundaries and they are blurry. To understand those interacting risk factors, to understand if they were subject to that experience, how might they really feel? And what are their threshold tolerances? What are their vulnerabilities uh, uh, who, wherever they look, right? That's more interesting. I'm saying you might think that on the surface, but underneath that, a person might not ever really have understood how that could impact them. So, for example, fat shaming. Fat shaming. Okay, now, let's talk about um, fat shaming. Well, the thing is, uh, for those of you who have watched a lot of rally TV like I have, and in fact I'm currently doing a research project, and I was appalled that one of the managers, it's a renovation show, actually made remarks about it. Media picked up on it. A lot of people wrote in to say that was not on. Ma- made made comments about a person's what? Finish that sentence. One of the contestants about it. So here he was, this person asking the foreman to approve the works that have been completed. And whilst he's trying to show him the wet area and what he's done and all, the camera panned to the employee who is one of the foremen on the show. And he's looked down at his stomach and done the old pat said, mate, uh, put a bit on. And the contestant was visibly distressed. He'd gone to his wife to say, I can't believe he bleaten said that. That is not mm-hmm. on. So so that's an example. Now, there's no way... Well, there's, there's like... two parts to that, isn't there? Yeah. There's the actual comment and then there's the publishing of the comment. Correct. Right. And, and and the contestant was, but even putting the publishing aside, just now let's translate this into a, a an ordinary work day. And there's a case. I'm leading to the case about this matter. But even so, as if you could get away with having a go at somebody's weight or saying, geez, COVID okay. was a bit unkind to you. So I need to Let tell you guys like something a little bit, a little bit funny, not funny, because we were talking about the love of yoga and all the altruism that comes from this and, not, you know, all the goodwill. I have heard about a yoga master, a guru who would run workshops and in the middle of the workshop and you're in down dog, right? Butts in the air, feet and hands are down on the mat. 
and she'd walk around and slap you on the butt and say, cottage cheese thighs, you're obviously not vegan, are you? So you would never expect that in that environment. You might expect that in a reality TV show, but it sounds like that yoga training needed to be a reality TV show, right? How to abuse you within the last 10 years? Yeah, still, that's, I mean. Come on. And it's almost like sometimes you, it's like people pay for that abuse. You know how you go to restaurants and there's, when you're like, you know, you're in in the US, in America. No one in Brisbane. What? Yeah, Where they re- treat yeah. you poorly yeah, yeah, they, on yeah. purpose. Well, they reported that someone went, went a bit too far. They had to sack them. But, oh, there you go. Story. You see, but, uh, right? But they. But no, no. I've, we've had friends who've gone, and um, it's it's all pay for abuse. Abuse, and they, they've got boundaries, of course. But you said before that now under this new legal yes. landscape, either defined as or deemed to be workers are, and are entitled to and they competition, need, and they need protections, right? Yeah. So tell us about this. This yeah. guy was fat shamed, Alan. But before you said there were two parts to it. That you were saying it was the comments. There's the comment itself, yeah. and you know. In terms of the comment itself, it's very difficult for an employer to try and control the comments that people make. I mean, they can do training, information, supervision. Um, They can discipline where people say things that are inappropriate. So a one-off comment, uh, very difficult for an employer to manage. But publication of that comment, that's very easy for an employer to manage. And that's where that psychological harm, that triggering, if you like, it's that second part. It's that two-stage, okay, the comment's made. However, then that comment's published. And did they meme it like it was a, you know, meet me, sound mix meme? No, it was just straight out. Because <gasps> that happens, right? And then it could oh, be on yeah. Facebook and it's like, you've, you know, all over the place, right? Stamped. Yeah. Your digital that, stamp. Yeah, I think that's one of the confusing yeah. things for many people is that if you go onto YouTube or um, uh, any of those Instagram or TikTok, there's going to be some horrible things that happen. And then for a younger person, it, it's easy to imagine they think that would think that they could do that in the workplace when, of course, you can't. Look, I'm going to go on a tangent for one moment and talk about something that's happening somewhere in regional Australia where a person who should be considered normally reputable is doing something of ill repute or could be considered of ill repute and caught on film. And that has been made into a meme and being passed around the community. Mm. That person is now off work and is confronting and children have been exposed to this and it's current. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yes, you do. And so at at that point, you know, (laughs) at what point is an employer responsible for what Mm. occurs and do they have the authority to stand someone down if they're acting in a way that could cause, you know, a reputation, reputational harm, if you will, when it's exposed. Yeah. What's those boundaries? You're talking about blurred boundaries. I think from an employer's perspective, the boundary's not that blurred. If you discover that an employee has behaved in a completely intolerable way, uh, something that would be totally unacceptable, I think, I think we're going to have to go to the example you're talking about. Go for it. Otherwise, it won't make sense. So you're talking about the masturbation case. Uh, yeah, it's not a case yet in I've, public, I've shall we just say. I've had clients who've come to me uh, where horrible things have been done, cardboard box left on the workplace where someone's defecated in the cardboard box. Right. So those things do happen. You know, there's the joggers that poo on people's doorstops and they get caught, right? Those kind of yeah, things, the nighttime, yeah, whatever yeah. you call that, yeah. So just that, that one, we can go there, that one's a bit more complicated. <laughs> but if, if an employee does something... 
that's completely it, intolerable, completely outside the, the, the appropriate workplace behaviour. Uh, you can. But it's not at work. It's not at work. Uh, well, uh, if it's not at work, uh, well, let's just not deal with done the at work. workplace right. behaviour yeah, first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if they behave in a completely inappropriate way, you can discipline them, and so long as the ma- it's reasonable management action, it might end up in dismissal. But you can't shame them. You can't take a video of it and put it on YouTube. Well, it's the shaming. And- Shaming, and I'm going to bring back into into the fat shaming before we go yes. into this. The case I was referring to now that was a TV example. Yes, uh, I don't want to give too much away because I'm in the re- I'm in the throes of doing, but it's part of my research. But this is a reported decision, a 2019 decision, where it had to do with the the office, and it had to do with uh, the temperature in the office. And unfortunately, the more junior worker said to the more senior worker, not that that matters, worker's a worker, but on this occasion, it was the junior worker saying to the senior worker that she didn't really feel the cold because she had, and I'm quoting, extra padding. And that was it. So, And of course, that was the start, that was a kickoff. And then eventually this worker was dismissed, but... And the younger you, worker was yeah. dismissed. Oh, the, the junior. junior. The junior, junior, junior not but, so younger. It's again. an example of, you know what, you might want to talk about the cold. Don't push the envelope. They say don't turn up the heat. Don't push the envelope. My advice, and it's not legal advice, it's common sense advice, don't say it. Just don't. Now, some people just don't have a filter. I think I think if you if you say something, you know, if you blurt out the words, and um, <laughs> and you can't and wind you, it back, you, you see them, you back. see them out, no, and you're you just trying to whoa, let me wind that back. You, you apologize and then you leave it alone. Yeah. And if the person doesn't accept your apology, well, you just leave you it alone. And yeah. unfortunately, in this case, it, it festered in the sense that it just went. Oh, it just it wasn't this. Okay, the statement was made, which I would say don't say it, but it's been made. Um, and not in a Christmas party setting. Alcohol's not involved, just a workplace. But unfortunately, in this particular case, it wasn't left alone. It just snowballed from Yeah, there. the worker that made the comment initially wanted to justify the comment. So the workplace was 14 degrees Celsius, and the worker that made the comment felt that that was too cold. And It is super- low. It is low. but And the supervisor felt that the temperature in the room was within the realms of what was appropriate. And so that's where the dispute occurred, and that's the genesis of the comment. But unfortunately for the worker that made the comment, they didn't let it go. They <laughs> continued to persist in trying to justify their comment, and it just went from bad to worse. It went bad from worse, and this is where we segue back now into part two. It's not just what's happened in the work. Why it went bad to worse was, apart from her trying to justify, you know... Elaborate, you know, right. Sorry, yeah, sorry, yeah. it's an RS thing. I didn't really mean... To cause you any harm, but you know how big you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> but it got worse. She wouldn't let it go. This is the person, the, the junior, junior. The junior wouldn't let, let it go. go. She'd also it got onto the Facebook. Uh, this uh, then she then she put something out on Facebook. So she explained it, wanted validation, re- replied. And right. So mm-hmm. so my point is, it gets out. It, it gets, yeah, it gets out. out. Of, um, so once it gets on the social media, and that's that publication part. So yeah. suddenly 
the single event, the single issue is now becoming a, an entire HR nightmare because you've got Facebook and private messages. Can't contain text it. Text changes. You know, Trej, I actually know, I know university lecturers in, and um, senior decision makers in university systems that will sometimes have a look on social media posts to see what their students post. And that influences their decision about how they may treat that student or how they may consider a borderline mark. target. Territory. Yeah. Tar- I'm not Very saying. Dangerous. I'm not saying. Yeah, I agree. I'm saying I was surprised to come across that, and they would say, "I want to see what's that nature, of that person." And if you have something on public social media that can influence their decision mm. about how you they treat you, and it's this simple because the Facebook message sent to the complainant. This is the bit about not letting go. So the Facebook message. So Facebook being the key word here had followed an incident at work, dot, 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 dot. It rose from the complainant first thinking she had seen. Anyway, it goes on and on and on. But quite simply, that particular employer had a mobile phone policy and that was, you know... That was the basis. That was their basis. Correct. But equally, for future employers, you know, just like I said, the university lecturers, future employers may just look online and see what comes up about you, right? We're we're told that all the time. Watch out because that's your digital foot footprint now so i promised i'd circle back to the masturbation the jogging the the, the (laughs) defecating jogger or the person who's masturbating in the shop yeah so so you've seen a lot though many many examples (laughs) you guys have seen more (laughs) yeah where people are caught out doing the wrong thing outside of work hours and it all depends whether or not their behavior will bring the business into disrepute so do they sign something? Not all employers ask you to, to sign that. And like we said in, in, in season one, it's not like all employers say, please do not have vigorous, rigorous sex while you're yeah. traveling for work, right? Yeah. It, wasn't, it wasn't something you had to sign to say, gosh, yeah. I, you know, better I, keep yes. that in mind, Joe. But for me, this whole... <laughs> but it wouldn't be a bad idea. <laughs> But no, seeing this whole this thing. So what the rigorous sex or the signing against that had just having a disclosure. Oh, you, <laughs> you don't want to answer that. Right. I'm not going to answer no, that. No, no, no. Leave right. that. Right. Well, my point is, so once it's um, the this idea of okay, what's said is said, and what's done is done. But no, no, it's this. What I'm really interested in is this whole um, this, this, you know, this almost pathological obsession now to have to vent into into cyberspace. So the complainant on Facebook via a messenger app, I mean, these these apps can get you in trouble. She starts ranting and saying, dear, the complainant's name's been anonymised in this case, if keeping your job means I have to lose mine, it's a sad state of affairs. I realise I broke the rule and therefore pay for it. In fact, paid nearly $100 for it, which I can't afford. Again, I take full responsibility, I might add. I was merely glancing and more, I was engrossed in my reading. It goes on and on and on. Um, I know you're a stickler for the rules and I wonder you know, if they pay you enough to feel good about undercutting me. So it's like one of these dolls just keeps opening up. Two things, that's work, that's not the official line of inquiry about grievances. Yeah. So if in doubt, do not vent on social media. So this case isn't just about the initial, uh, the word was padding, extra padding. It just cluster exploded into inappropriate communication. Impulse control. The, the, the challenge yeah. with social media is it is immediate. So you Correct. get an impact. And mm. so impulse control is not is not really a feature. There's not a pause and a filter. There's not an AI bot that will suddenly read some of the language and go, do you really intend to send this message? Press yes. And, Maybe you know, a little filter. Maybe, Maybe should, there needs to be something and anything. Warning, say, hang that on. That would be a useful app. You know, that like, would be hey, useful, let's, right? Let's We've got two things now. Let's trade by this. Your, your marketing strategy. And also <laughs> this. Seriously, um, warning. You'll lose your job. 
So if you have a, a client who's, you know, very emotional and passionate, you need somebody to craft this AI bot for them. Yeah. Let them just... <laughs> Seriously, it's Seriously. almost like Did a Did you really? Pause. I want you yeah. to sleep. This will not send for 24 hours. You must read it again in the morning. Right? Something know, like that. Because you know, Alan, with emails, I mean, we've had members of uh, the judiciary who have been in trouble for sending emails. Words matter and words hurt. And like Eliza Doolittle says, words, words, words. All you do is give me words. Be like lawyers. Words, 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 words. Oh, and design strategists. Words, hey. Words, words. Oh, and action. <laughs> At least you guys provide action. But uh, no, the words. So the words were hurtful, but the words were the trigger. But where this thing can turn, turn into a complete H-bomb was then the the ventilation. Exponential. Into, yeah, exponential growth. Yeah, into cyberspace. And the whole thing, you know, eventually this worker was dismissed, but maybe... She may have been dismissed for saying something else at another time, but but the padding was the trigger, and then kaboom. And what about the responsibility of anyone who is involved in circulating this type of media too? So what are the repercussions yeah. for people who mm. go, shite, yeah. did you see this? You hear this about, in, you know, among police officers, officers who have circulated content that they shouldn't have circulated. Mm. You know, what what's the, what well, are the repercussions if you can find, if you can trace that, if you can find oh, that? trace it. Well, it's so easy. So it's traced. Very easy to trace. Yeah. Very yeah. And, and, the, but, and that's my point. Look at that. The one, like chaos theory, isn't it? The little flapping of the butterfly. Actually, the temptation now to even be in trouble for disseminating mm. on purpose or unwittingly is there and yet you weren't even involved in the comments in the first place. My son's in year eight and already at the school, at the high school, they get lectures about if somebody sends you something in social media where nudity is involved or a subject that you know is a little bit taboo, you must stop, you must not text that and forward that to your student colleagues, mates. You must not. You get lectures, but do you think that really has impact at, you know, age 13? I think yeah. it has an effect. They're aware it of it. They have aware, mm-hmm. but you're still dealing with teenage and impulse control issues, yes. right? What's now, your avatar? What's your character? Yep. Are you offending somebody with what you're sending around, yep. what you're but, producing? Yeah. Tile that back in. Your and that, digital that is, footprint, right. And indeed, yeah. now imagine if you, for example, you, you were part of that workplace and then as a joke, you, Sarah, you had nothing to do with it. You, in fact, you heard about it through Alan, and then you suddenly change your... your Good old Alan. Yeah, Alan. Yeah, Alan. Good old, Good old Alan. Alan. <laughs> You're having a chat because you guys are always, you know, always playing by the rules. And then, But suddenly you heard about this from... I knew I was going to say Karen in accounts, but there probably is a Karen in accounts. But, uh, <laughs> but you, you heard it from somebody else. You heard it from Trajan accounts. Right. That so-and-so called so-and-so extra padding. And then you, Sarah, you don't even know... Oh, this but it's person. a good juicy story. But it's Come good. on. Go, Thanks for telling me that, Trajan. Yeah, yeah, I'll find everything out in accounts. Yeah, it's all good because I've got to do the rosters. Coffee but then, cooler. But then later Water on. Water cooler, coffee then, chat. And then, and, we're, and yeah, we're talking about avatars. And then that day you decide to change your avatar to no longer pink skater girl. Oh, yeah. No, nah, you're the Michelin man. I was just going to say Michelin man was exactly See? what came to mind, right? Did you so I already knew that. I already knew padding, yeah. insulation, so Michelin man. Do they have he, the Michelin man in Australia? Because that is iconic in the uh, US. Yeah. Oh, yes. the Michelin man was, yeah. I don't know if the Michelin tires, yeah, they're huge. But I don't know if the Michelin man still... That little right, figure, can, One right? of my listeners Google that. But, uh, and that's exactly what I thought of, right? And, isn't, and this is my point. And I, now, 
Now, that would be a long bow you know, for now for suddenly Trage in head office. Those backup trage. dancers with Rihanna looked like the Michelin man. They had those big white jumpsuits on in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Didn't she do an awesome job? But they were all little yes, Michelin men floating that. around with inflated kind of jumpsuits, right? But isn't it interesting? And then someone, let's say the complainant, now says, oh, great, Sarah's avatar's now Michelin man, right? So I've you, got, you and I wrote, going with this, right? extra There's, pad, insulation, baby. No, Something, no, you're not even no? doing that. You're, right. you're too subtle for that. No, no, you're just... <laughs> Am I? <laughs> no, this, this, this is Subtle Sarah. Okay. Subtle Sarah has got SS. just the Michelin Man. So you heard the story. So you heard the rumours on the Friday. Come the weekend, you even got on Facebook and you saw a couple of things. And come the Monday, you decide to put the Michelin Man. And you don't even and know fact, this person. Our whole department now are Michelin Men. Okay, our whole department are okay. Michelin Men. So now this is where it gets tricky in terms of approximation legally to be like, so what? Sarah's allowed to do whatever she likes. She's American. She's with a Michelin Man. <laughs> but, you know, she's American. She can do what she yeah. likes. Yeah, but yeah, no, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, th- my point to this is that complainant will probably, if I were that complainant, I'd be going, suddenly now the whole department in, in design have got Michelin men. But you see where I'm going Compounded with this? And, and this, the problem. This is what... what the courts well, it's, it, it's much more onerous now because we have yeah. all those, uh, all the states and territories are interest, introducing laws about psychosocial Correct. hazards. And of course, we now have the code of practice yeah. for psychosocial Unless you're issues. producing a reality yeah, show. Which is and ironic. Unless you're producing, producing a reality Maybe we yeah. could just yeah. all say which we're producing reality shows. Say, oh, we keep an eye out for misbehaviour and we correct it when we see it. You have to have yeah. systems in place and, to but, try and, and prevent that behaviour happening. And you also need to accommodate for diversity too. So not yes. not more from just protection, but you're you're trying to accommodate a diverse workforce. And, you know, yes. just as simple as you know, people often think of ergonomics as simply being related to your office workstation, your desk, your chair, your computer. But there's cases that we've talked about where a worker who exceeded the weight threshold tolerances of their office chair fell in that chair. That chair collapsed. It could not support their weight. Yeah, they hurt their coccyx. Yeah, and they hurt their coccyx and they win like a million dollars. I believe it was a case in, in Canberra. So and you hear this in, in industrial elements where transportation or heavy industry and the the seats in the forklift, the seats in your bus, whatever it is, whatever the mobile yeah, plant or vehicle. Yeah, we see this in a lot of industries. We see it in the truck driving industry. Yeah. We see it in the airline industry. It can't accommodate, you know, so what's the employer's responsibility, you know, that whole range. But as much as possible, you want to accommodate a range of workers in body sizes and anthropometrics and body weights and the way they think culturally, the diversity, I could keep going male, female. Yeah, you have to keep it to that central fact. So is it is it possible to get a better chair? Uh, if it's possible to get a better chair, then that's what you should do. If it's not possible to get a better chair, for example, in a plane, then um, you would be entitled to say to your employees, you have to meet this criteria criteria or you won't be able to safely sit in the plane because or you won't we, be able to safely sit in the truck. Because we might cause you harm with whole body Correct. vibration, yeah. with, you know, all kinds of yeah. aspects that can arise. But you're not saying, mate, lose the insulation, hey? <laughs> well, you, you, you kind of are. You, you're saying that, but you do it in a much more diplomatic way. You say, well, we'll give you two months to get your weight down. but And you support. Get, yeah, if you can't get your weight down beneath... 120 kilos, then you're not going to be safe in the chair and we can't let you operate the vehicle if you're not going to be safe in the chair. Well, let me ask you both. Have there been cases where, indeed, quite respectfully, from a health and wellbeing perspective, the employer, I won't say asked, encouraged or assisted or attempted to assist the worker in 
getting his or her weight down and they saw that as being discriminatory? Have there been cases where they took offence to that to say, you're sacking but me, are you? There have been cases in the mining sector where that has happened. Yes. And um, uh, the employee who has been unable to drop their weight down will often resort to allegations of discrimination, which is why you need to be so careful about putting in place a, a regime that it's reasonable and the, the worker has a reasonable opportunity to comply. There you go. So getting back to your thing, Sarah, so you don't say, oh, you may lose the insulation, but a more... And supportive approach. And indeed. Now, is that contained in your book? Oh, you know, I love a plug. All right. So ergonomic insights, successes and failures of work design. That is just just... Of course, I'd love to. (laughs) It's a Taylor and Francis CRC Press publication. It's the second book in the Workplace Insights series. It's called Ergonomic Insights. Successes and Failures of Work Design. Nectarios Keranikis is an editor, and what do you know? So am I. So we've had some great contributions from folks who are very experienced at these kinds of issues, not just seating issues, uh, all kinds of issues about work design when they're practitioners, uh, things that have worked well and things that have kind of bombed and where they've stumbled and they needed to tell the story so we can all learn from it. Some in real, real world field case. So but Case studies. Stories, vignettes. Vignettes, that's right, that you can use in your lectures, Trej. What do you know? Well, I'll be Very useful. I've got the, a book for you too. But look. I'll be asking the chief librarian <laughs> to make that but, all campuses. Chapter 7. Do yourself a favour. Chapter 7 addresses what we're talking about today. It's yes. called Reshaping Lifestyle Changes in a Heavyweight World. Isn't that good? Reshaping really Lifestyle good. Changes in a Heavyweight World. And the contributing author is Keith Johnson from Fulton Hogan. Let me give him a little plug, hey? Sure. All right, so check that out if you All want right, to learn so more. Before you close off, what, what is that book selling for approximately? Well, we'll put it on the uh, link and we'll, we'll let people know. But all I know is we're going to get the uh, those students studying design to make sure that they get their hands on this book. Right. Now it's up to Molly Meldrum. Can you do yourself a favour? Listeners to our podcast, to the Why Work podcast, can get 20% off, Taylor and yeah. Francis. I've got a flyer. I'll post do it on the, on the website. Let's do a competition. Who knows? We might even give one away. We'll go with the flow. <laughs> Getting excited here. Sarah's giving me funny looks. So no, no, it's I, 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 it's all good. No, it's great. You don't get rich on writing a book like uh, this, believe yeah, no. me. Uh, no, it's it's just hard work. <laughs> but it was great fun. We have such incredibly, incredibly talented, skillful, good. experienced, educated contributors. So, yes, check it out. that episode of Why Work. You've been listening to Trage, Sarah and Alan. And if you'd like to know more about some of the things we've talked about today, please subscribe and we'd be more than happy to provide you with information, names of cases and other things that may interest you. Please be aware that none of the matters we've talked about today should be construed as legal advice or any other type of advice. We're just here to talk about all things related to work. See you next time.